This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Warren tried to wrap it behind the net. Martyr a steal, and he got it past Hedman out of the zone. Hedman in a skate race with Camp. Camp punches it forward, short-handed breakaway, score! Camp a short-handed goal. We mentioned 13 shorties leading the NHL during the regular season. Camp finishes the short-handed breakaway. It's 3-0 lead. We take a lot of pride in being good on the special teams, and you know, Warren Sharp there executing wise. They, they uh, had a lot of looks, but um, we're, we're just as confident here. If they get that opportunity again, they'll come through for us. The frustration was out of not scoring on the power play. That's where the frustration came from. And we're better than that to challenge our energy, knowing that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you go one for five on a power play all year, you've got a pretty decent power play. And you're not going to go five for five. And especially in a playoff game when you know, everybody's at the peak or heightened of their effort and concentration. So we're better than that. And uh, we, we let it get the best of us. To break it all down, here's Bobby Fenton on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. And a happy Tuesday morning. Thank you for joining us here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. I'm Bobby Fenton. It's a pleasure to be back here on Lightning Power Play as was our tradition for so many of those years in recent history, all before COVID with the seasonal playoff appearances. And then of course, uh, coming so close over and over when the Lightning finally did win the Stanley Cup twice in a row, which is still true, of course, wasn't able to be doing shows during that time. So it's really a pleasure to be back on here today. Thanks to everybody for joining us as we begin the 2022 playoff season. And we're going to be doing this the morning after all the playoff games. And, of course, we hope there are many. But we'll be coming on on what we're calling Lightning Playoff Rewind to go over the game from the prior evening. Of course, look ahead to what's coming up next. Lots of comments, cushion, discussion, all that stuff. We'll be doing this after every game. So last night was game one. And, of course, we've got a lot to get to. Unfortunately, most of it isn't good but still plenty to talk about. I am joined this morning by the producer, the guy behind Lightning Power Play, and you hear from him all the time. He is with us today. Steve Versnick joining us on the other end. Steve, how are you doing today? Well, I've had better mornings, but you know. Yep. But it's one game. Yep, it's one game. And that's the thing, you know, the theme we'll talk about today because all these things happen. And it's, it's nice, honestly, when the playoffs come along because yeah, I love hockey, just like I love baseball too. But those seasons are so long and, you know, you get into the regular season rhythm and you just kind of move on, you know, things happen here and there. When you get to the playoffs like this, there's a tendency to overanalyze, of course, because everything is shortened and, you know, you lose four games and you're out. Uh, but yet it still is only one game, like you said, and despite the increased importance now, you don't want to get too freaked out. And, you know, I, I saw it on Twitter last night and I'm on Twitter now, like, you know, when I'm sitting on the couch watching the games or what have you. And even if I'm, uh, you know, in the arena a lot of times and I'm reading, I'm watching. And I mean, even before Toronto scored, and of course, nothing was good last night for 60 minutes, but even the first like few minutes, even the five minute power play that we didn't score on, which was horrid. There's people on, oh my gosh, this is a series-defining moment if the Lightning don't score here and people are ready to just completely freak out. Got to pump the brakes a little bit, right? I mean, you know, we've seen this happen before. Lightning have had bad playoff efforts before. In fact, they've, I don't want to jinx anything. We'll go into numbers corner later. Um, they've won three straight series after having lost game one. Yeah, it didn't look good. How worried are you right now, Steve? Like, I mean, it's one nothing in the series, but beyond that, just watching the game last night, how worried are you? 
I'm not. I'm worried because I didn't like a lot of things you saw last night. You didn't like the drop passes when Toronto is just hoarding the puck handler. A lot of drop passes. And you, you can't get you can't get those through at that point, or mo- more often than not, they're off running the other way. Um, Tampa Bay looked slow last night, but I, I think that was part of it. I mean, when the Lightning aren't completing their passes – when they're not tape to tape, when that they look slow, and and Toronto was flying last night. Now it's one game, and now you make adjustments. You know the one thing that's different about the postseason compared to the regular season is that you're playing the same opponent for four to seven games, and so you're not okay. We played you tonight. Now we go off to the next town. We'll be back in a few months, and we'll play again, and you know have a few notes of what we could do differently. But really, you're not game planning per se for for a lot of specifics. Right. Now you're going to break down that tape and go, okay, this is what we're going to do different. We're going to change this. We're going to defend this better. We're going to do this on offense. And so it's a game of adjustments in the postseason, which you don't see in the regular season, which changes why series can go can look wild like one team dominates one game and the next game may be a, a thriller and a fantastic game, and then the other team dominates again. I mean, that's what can happen in the postseason as you go through. It's kind of the ebbs and flows almost of a season, but it compact into seven games. Right. And I mean, I'll tell you this, not to be I told you so guy, plus I didn't tell anybody so because this is our first show, but this was my thought before the game last night and before this series in general. You know, you've got a team in the Lightning who have won two straight Stanley Cups, which in and of itself is amazing. And what it takes to win one, I mean, I know this, I mean, I play ultimate Frisbee with my buddies every Sunday and, you know, we play hard. And just to win one of those games, which is a pickup ultimate frisbee game. I, you know, have a hard time if we win the next week coming out. I back off a little bit. You know, I'm like, oh man, that was, you know, I was really exhausted last week. We got to win. You know, let's. There's not as much urgency. So I can't even imagine going through the six months of a, play, a, a hockey regular season, then finally winning the Stanley Cup. And of course, the first time they did it was with COVID, so it was even longer with the delay. Then still coming back and doing all that again. Now we're coming back for a third time. And on the other side, we've got a Toronto team that has had very, very public playoff failures. Of course, we all saw you know, the graphic, and we all know Toronto's been out in the first round. What is it, five years in a row they've lost their first playoff series. It, it was the bubble year, the first the play-in round, and then before that they lost three in a row in the first round. Last year lost in seven games to Montreal. Before that, didn't even make the playoffs for 10 of 11 years, but lost in the first round the one year they did. You have to go all the way back to 2004 for the last time they won a playoff series. Now, these guys on this team don't have that baggage, but they do have the last four or five years' worth of baggage. A lot of them do. And, of course, the fan base, which is not who plays the game, but they're completely you know, neurotic because of all this stuff. So I, I, I was really worried about Toronto coming out just completely gangbusters and the Lightning not being able to match their intensity because matching the other team's intensity is so much of it. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I'm not worried about that for the series, but for game one, I thought it was a pretty – I don't, didn't think they'd lose 5 nothing. I thought it was a fairly predictable outcome. I didn't love the Lightning's chances last night. I don't think what you saw last night is indicative of how the two teams are. And I'm not, when I say I'm not worried, it's me. I think the Lightning are going to win the series or not win the series. I, I, it's going to be very difficult to win the series. Even when it was 0-0, that was true. But I'm not worried any more than I would have been if they had lost last night 3-2 to two or something like that, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. You know, I mean, I think they'll be okay. I don't think game two is going to – hey, I've talked to this – 
uh, talked to you about this before many times. I've even talked to Dave Mishkin about it. Ever, the whole momentum thing. I've already heard the word momentum 4,500 times uh, this morning in the postgame comments last night. There was no momentum last night, okay? That was just one team completely outplaying the other for 60 minutes. Well, it was a weird game, too. I mean, you know, when you say momentum doesn't carry over, and I agree with you, I think confidence can sometimes. But sure, it was a weird game because of how much power plays or how much special teams there were. I mean, the first period, 11 of the 20 minutes were, were played under special teams. Yeah. And the second period, you had more penalties starting to pile up early. And so the there was no five-on-five five flow to the game. No. Particularly until it got out of hand. There was no five-on-five five flow. You had guys that were spending lots of time on the bench not getting into play. And it was just – it was weird. And, and you know, I, I thought there was kind of a feeling out the first few minutes, and then it was the five-minute power play that changed everything. And it was the Leafs that got the momentum off that, not the Lightning, See, I, and that changed everything. I don't think it did, though. See, I don't believe that. Like, I, I, don't, I think the momentum – I, I mean, I didn't play in the NHL, so, I mean, you're going to say, oh, Bob, you're going to tell these mm-hmm. players what they felt out there. Because I know Stamkos said it. A few of the other ones said it, too. Like, oh, that was a re- the five-minute power play was a big momentum swing. To me, I mean, first of all, I don't believe momentum carries over from game to game at all. Right. But even inside, I know a lot of people think, well, inside of a game, I mean, a momentum is only as good as your last shift. I mean, you, again, if there had been some point where, like, oh, it looked like it was going well and then it started to go bad after this one thing happened. And remember, momentum, what the really definition of momentum is, it means that something in the future is more likely to happen because of what has already happened. So if there had never even been a five-minute power play, if the lightning had just, you know, if that, that hit had never happened on Colton, the whole thing never gets called, it wasn't like things were going just fine, all of a sudden that happened in that five-minute power. The lightning were outplayed and outskated for 60 minutes. And on the power play, I mean, it's not like the lightning just went out there and, and did a poor job on their own. They did a poor job, but you give credit to Toronto. Like I think Brian Engblom made the uh, comment on the, the, um, the game broadcast on Valley Sports, and he said, especially on a night like this where you know you got a big playoff series, a lot of emotion. He's like, the penalty killers are going to come out as aggressively as anybody. And Toronto, I was really impressed. I mean, every time the Lightning tried to get in the zone, it was just a wall of three blue jerseys right at the blue line. They really made the zone entries tough, and that was the biggest problem. And, I mean, obviously, you know, I think what they generated, well, we didn't generate any. So, I think Toronto generated two or three quality scoring chances on the shorthanded mm-hmm. five minutes. And so, you know, everybody after the game, oh, well, that was a big spot. I don't know. I mean, it didn't get any better after that. And I don't think it had been that good even before the hit. I mean, it, it, it kind of felt a little bit like Toronto was coming out just with, again, more energy. Mm-hmm. So, you'll hear the word come up and I, I'm not going to try and beat the thing over and over as we go through these playoffs, but it's something I always like to get out of the way early. These games, man, the next shift, the next line, it, it, it does not matter what happened the play before. It does not, there's no momentum. Momentum is not a baton that can be wrested away from one side or the other and passed back and forth. You just got to go out and play the next shift and the lightning didn't do anything for 60 minutes. Uh, that makes me feel like momentum played any role in that game. With that said, you know, like you said, going into game two, I, I, I'm never going to do predictions on this show because nobody ever knows. But I feel really, really, say, content. I, I feel really at peace going into game two with what I expect to see as far as the effort there. I'm not worried about the series, like I said, any more now than I was if they had lost a routine one or two goal game. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, 
you know, the thing is, too, is as poorly as that five-minute power play went. And then the Maple Leafs got two power plays out of their own after that. And, and they, they looked pretty good, didn't score. The Lightning almost got out of that first period without giving up a goal. Yeah. Which I think would have changed the game as well. I, I think the fact that the Maple Leafs did score in that first period gave them some jump and juice and, and confidence. Uh, you know, may, maybe it's not momentum, but there's confidence too. And and I think they had that. And then, you know, in the second period, they scored, what, three goals in the second period? And then it got out of hand at that point. So, yeah, it, and they had the other good chance. I mean, you're right. It could have been 0 0 at, at intermission. It almost was. And then it also could have almost been 2 nothing because they had that great look there on the breakaway with like eight seconds left. So it could have gone either way. But that's the thing. I mean, you know, some will go in, some won't. But, yeah, you're right. At the, at the point where they scored the first goal, I was like, yeah, you know what? I mean, for as bad, as poorly as this has gone, because it went really poorly, I was like, well, even with the one goal, we're actually okay here. I feel pretty good. Expected better in the second period. I guess that, I think to me, the most um, disappointing part of the whole game wasn't even the first period or the five-minute power play. It was the way they came out of the locker room in the second period. Because I thought maybe there there'd be some sort of pushback. Because that's usually what happens when one team outskates another that way in the first period. And there just wasn't any pushback. And that part was disappointing. Yeah, it, it was. And, and, you know, maybe that's really where the game turned. Is, yeah, is I think the so. Lightning didn't have an answer in that second period. They didn't have enough pushback to, to force it even or even to get through the second period still down one nothing, you know, or even 2 nothing, just to give yourself a chance in the third period. When you go to, we go to the third period down 4 nothing. I mean, you know, comebacks happen, but in the playoffs, you don't see four-goal comebacks in the third period. No. And, um, and we'll talk about more on the other side of the break, but to your point about the flow and the power plays, I, I know that was another thing that the league put out and it was mentioned on the broadcast last night. But, yeah, there were so many power plays, and I don't feel like it was a game management type thing. I mean, there was just a lot going on in that game. And the other games bored out, too. I mean, we saw a lot of penalties. We'll talk more about it on the other side. But um, at the end of the night, you know, I don't think any of those things had a major role to play. I don't think there's anything on the stat sheet worth looking at. If you are into the analytics, and I'm big on analytics. We'll get into analytics uh, on this show a lot, um, typically, and I've done that before on my shows on Lightning Power Play. Of course, some nights you don't really need to lean on analytics too much. Um, if you're into the whole thing, though, the expected goals in that game, given like what actually, and for those of you that don't understand or don't know about you know hockey analytics, they can look at a game based on not just shot totals, but shot quality, angle, like where shots were taken from, what spot on the ice, were from, what velocity the shot was taken from, what traffic was in or not in front of the net, all those things they can take it into account. They can tell you, you know, what the expected goals would have been based on that. They can tell you if a goalie actually stopped more or less than what an average goalie would have stopped, all those things. Now, Last night, the expected goals was uh, five for Toronto, which is right on the number, which is what they actually had. The Lightning had an expected goals uh, of about a goal and a half last night. So uh, a nice job there for Toronto to get some uh, good goaltending and everything like that. Not that it mattered or anything, but if you look at the actual individual Lightning players as far as who played well and who didn't, and they can also do it by player. They can look at your expected goal share when you were on the ice. And if it's over 50%, that means you made a positive effect on your team. If it was under 50%, you didn't. Uh, Cal Foote, let's give him credit. First ever playoff game. He came out. I like what he did. He came to the net, uh, picked up a loose puck, and went right at the net and took a good shot early in the game. 
and besides that, played pretty well. I mean, he was one of the, at least the only ones I thought stood out, and it did, you know, I thought that before I looked at this sheet here. But looking at the breakdown, he is the only Lightning player that was only 50% for last night. So hats off to him, at least. Yeah, although, you know, he was one of those players that was got a lot of time late in the game. In the first period, I think he played like a minute. Yeah, and he made an impact in that minute. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, it was because there was, what, 11 minutes of special teams Right, play. he wasn't on the ice, yeah. You know, and, and he's not taking the first shift of the game or the second. I mean, he's the sixth defenseman on the team. So it was, you know, it was a weird night for him. I mean, he finished with, what, 14 minutes of play. But most of that was later in the second half of the game. Although, like you said, he'd had an impact in the first period. Had a shot. Right, and um, then, like you said, he was. It, it, I guess if there was one period that was a little bit better for the Lightning, maybe it was the third, but by then things were so out of hand it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at the rest of the Lightning, if you're looking for positives, hovering around the 50% mark, and this is why you can't always go off plus-minus because Hedman was minus three and it didn't look, you know, I mean, made a few plays there that, you know, you wish you had back, but he was actually right at 50%, which for him isn't that good, but, it, you know, he wasn't a net negative. Sorelli was up there, Nick Paul was up there. Everybody else was way down the list. Uh, as far as Toronto goes, only two players for them did not have above a 50% expected goals while they were out there. That was Giordano and Wayne Simmons. And you had Mitch Marner all the way up there at 90%. Matthew, this is another thing. We'll talk about more on the other side of the break, the psychological side of this, because, you know, it's one thing to lose, but, you know, they've got some baggage over there. Not just the fans, but some of the players, and they you know, might have been able to unload some of that last night. So we'll talk about that on the other side. If you want to get anything on the show, you can email. Email me, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. It's B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. If I get it while we're on the air, we can get your thoughts on the show. Same thing on Twitter. You can follow me at bobbygameday, and Steve uh, is on there as well. And uh, so go ahead and feel free to do that. We'll take a short break, and we will be back. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. Hey, it's Seth Kushner from the Block Party, and it is playoff time, so we have to call in the man with the playoff experience. Braden Coburn joins us. Kobe just got to go to the White House with his former teammates. What did he steal from there out of the bathroom? We talk about that. Kobe talks about coaching his daughter's hockey team. And Kobe talks about the things he's picked up during retirement, like skiing. It's the Block Party with Braden Coburn out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. Bobby Fenton with you along with Steve Versnick on this Tuesday morning as we are post-game one. The Lightning dropped this one to the Toronto Maple Leafs, 5-0. And another thing I kept hearing last night, Steve, people keep seemingly like want to gravitate toward the doomsday stuff. I've, and that's always true, but... I know, again, first few minutes of the game, even before Toronto scored, just because they didn't like the way the power play looked. And then after Toronto did get a multi-goal lead, everyone was like, oh, man, this reminds me of the Columbus series. I can already feel like some Columbus vibes. And they're not talking about the one in the bubble. They're talking about the one from uh, 2019, of course, the four-game sweep. And first of all, if you watched that Columbus series, and especially game one, last night was nothing like that because the Lightning took a multi-goal lead in game one of that series and then blew it late. But number two... 
this goes way back, admittedly. So, I mean, for those of you that have been watching the Lightning the entire you know existence, you might remember this. The vibe I got from last night's game was more like game one of the first ever playoff series the Lightning played in 1996 when they went up to big, bad Philadelphia. The Lightning were the eight seed. Philadelphia was the one seed. We'd never been in a playoff series before. Everybody was super excited. And that game one, I mean, within five seconds, you were like, oh, we're not ready for this. Like, the, the Flyers just came out and destroyed the Lightning. Like, I think the final score was 8-2 to two or something like that, or 7-2. to two. And it was just one of those games that it was like just a rushing current going one direction the entire game. That's, to me, what last night felt. I didn't feel like the Columbus series a few years ago at all. And I know people just want to look for recent comparisons of bad things because people like to, again, go into the doomsday stuff. But in that Philadelphia series, which the Lightning did lose that series in six games, but they also came back and won game two in overtime and won game three in the first ever playoff game in the Tampa Bay area over at the Trop as well. And uh, I'm not comparing the two series in any way because the dynamics are not the same, but I just, I'm, I'm not getting the feeling that just, you know, a lot of people, again, I know they like to speak on, oh my gosh, this is, you know, how horrible something is. Plus, if you're doomsday about stuff and then you're wrong, I do this too. It's almost like a negative jinx type thing. Okay, well, hey, I was wrong, but now a good thing happened, so I'm happy anyway. So you really can't go wrong either way, I guess, predicting bad things for your teams. And I guess maybe that's one reason people like to do it. I don't know. Well, the other part is this is the first game of the playoffs. You have nothing else to compare it to this year. Right. It's not like this is the second series or the third series and you played really well, but you had a bad game. This is the only game in the playoffs to this point. So... It's that recency bias, but also nothing else to compare it to. It's like, oh, this is going to be the playoffs. We're all... It's like when you lose the first game of the baseball season. It's one of 162. It's not going to, it's not going to you know, at the end of the day, be the end-all, be-all of the season. Now, playoffs are more important, and there's only 16 games, and or you have to win 16 to, to get the whole thing. You only got seven in the first round. You, know, you don't want to put a stinker like that out, but... It is one game, but you have nothing else. It's not like you played well the game before and just put a bad game on this night. This is the only game you have to compare to talk about for this season. And so everything is amplified because it's the first game. Yeah, and uh, in this case, amplified not in a way you would want. Mm -hmm. I One thing I was saying, I mentioned it before the break. Go ahead, Steve, because I was... No, no, you got it. I, I was going to talk about looking at the you know games that Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews had. You know, those are guys who have a lot of pressure on them, and the whole Toronto franchise has a lot of pressure on it, given their recent history and even going out to the past couple decades. But certainly those two guys are the guys whose shoulders it rests on. And until you've done it, you know, it doesn't matter how good you've been in the regular season and all that, you know, you need to break through. So I didn't, even if the Lightning had lost, I didn't love seeing those guys play as well as they did because, you know, I hope those guys don't feel – like some baggage has been unloaded. Marner had a 90% expected goals while he was out there. Matthews was at 80-something, a little before, a little below 85. Two goals and an assist for Matthews. Marner had a goal and two assists. So they kind of got going a little bit. And, you know, I remember John Tortorella way back in the day when the Lightning won their first Stanley Cup back in 2004, talking about how, and of course, you need contributions this time of year from everybody. You know, you can't have just very narrow to goal scoring. You got to be able to get goals from your third and fourth line, stuff like that. But he said, and this was when they were down in, I think one of the series, I think it was Philadelphia. He said, our best players need to be our best players, period. Like that's it. You know, we, like at the time he was talking about St. Louis, he was talking about Le Cavalier. He was talking about those guys. So when you look at 
the Leafs and the Lightning both, but you know the Leafs. If you have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner feeling good, feeling loosey goosey like that, I think in Game Two, I mean a lot of things have to change. But making those guys uncomfortable, I'm not talking about goon like stuff or anything like that. But those guys need to. Those guys were the equivalent of when you're in a baseball game and it's ten nothing and you've been ripping this pitcher and you're digging in. You got no fear. And that's when you throw a brushback pitch, maybe, because even if you're down 10 nothing, don't let the other guy be comfortable in the box. We need to make those guys uncomfortable in game two. No, no question about it. I mean, you know, the Lightning's defense was not good enough. Um, you saw what, you know, Toronto was pressuring the puck, you know, almost kamikaze style at times. And, and they were stealing it and, and taking the puck, where the Lightning, I think, gave Toronto too much space. And, and how many times did you see Matthews and Marner wide open? Yeah. You can't leave those guys wide open. Right, just loosey-goosey. Yeah. It, it was – it just seemed like mentally the, the mistakes just kept snowballing. You know, whether it was passing or the coverage, it just, it just seemed like they, they just never got their feet under them in this game. Um, you know, does that worry you for game two? Does that carry over to game two? You'd think not with this team. And two straight Stanley Cups and the amount of veterans on that team, you'd think it wouldn't. And that's your hope is that, you know, okay, we didn't play well. This is what we need to fix. Now go out and fix it. Yeah, and uh, looking at what needs to be fixed. I'm, I'm just looking at the on money pot, got these, some of the uh, – you know, they, they, they have the deserved a win meter which is just based on mm-hmm. – you know, the chances, like I said, the shots, all the things, you know, quality of chances. So on the deserved to win a meter, Toronto was at a 93% last night to 7% for the Lightning. And of course, that one's all done. If you're into the percentage probabilities, and I know some people aren't, I know some people could care less. And time and time again, you see things happen where, oh, after the fact, there's a tweet from some, you know, analytics stat guru. Well, that there was a 1% chance of winning with uh, 8 per, or 8 8.15 to go in that game, and somehow they won. I think those are overblown because it seems like it happens more than 1% of the time. Um, as of right now, the series probability on Money Puck is 79.4 for Toronto and 20.6 for the Lightning. Of course, that'll swing back the other way if the Lightning can get a Game 2 win. Well, you, and you win Game 2, on, not only have you tied the series, but you take home ice. Right, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, anytime I've heard that's a good point because I've heard a lot of people go back and forth about home ice advantage. It's not as big of a deal in hockey as in other sports, but for what it's worth, I almost don't mind. I almost think I'd prefer being the road team. Obviously, if it goes to seven games, you want game seven at home. But short of it being a seven-game series, and that's nothing to discount, I think I like the being the road team where it's a 2-2-1-1-1 setup and, and just, you know, feeling good about yourself if you can get a split in those first two games. Even if you lose both of them, then you you start spouting cliches. Oh, well, it's not a series to the road team wins a game, so now we got two at home. But even if you do, if you get one of those two games, yeah, you feel good. It's like, okay, it's 1-1 one, one, and we're going back to Tampa. And the Lightning would take that all day. And uh, they have a chance to do that tomorrow night. And that's, you know, it, it is cliche. And, and believe me, the Lightning wanted to go up there and win both games. But... If you're being honest, in a seven-game series, just take one of two up there. That's all you need to do. I mean, as dominant as the Lightning have been the last two seasons, you realize in their eight playoff series wins, they didn't sweep any of them. They lost a game in every series. I think one of the first two games in month, I have to look it up, but I don't think they were up 2-0, but maybe once or twice out of those. Right. I mean, they, they haven't been a team that goes and sweeps playoff series. 
I mean, they've, they'll lose a game here and there, and they build off of it. I mean, what the playoff success that the Lightning have had is that they don't lose back-to-back games. That, yep. And, and we've seen this throughout the regular season, too. When they have a bad loss, they come out differently the next night. You know, I mean, some of the players have talked about it. Sometimes they almost hate losing more than they like winning. And, yeah, and when, they, when they put up bad performances, they generally come out the next game with a much better effort. Not always a win, but a much better effort. Yeah, just the effort, yeah. It's, it's vexing because you know how good they are. And nobody goes out and says, okay, I'm going to play hard tonight. I'm not going to play as hard tonight. Nobody actually mm-hmm. does that. But you can just see, like, it's, it's, when I was in high school, I played football, played a Jesuit for Coach, uh, coach Dom Sy was the head coach, but Robert Weiner, who went on to win multiple state championships at Plant, now he's uh, in the college ranks at Akron. He's coaching, or it might be Toledo. Anyway, the point is, he used to do this thing with us. He was the wide receivers coach. I was a receiver. And he'd say, okay, I want you to do jumping jacks right now. And we'd start doing jumping jacks for a few seconds. He'd be like, okay, now go as fast as you can. And when we'd start going really fast for the jumping jacks, and he'd wait like two or three seconds, and he'd be like, all right, let's go a little bit faster now. And every single person would start going faster. And he'd be like, well, wait, I already told you to go as fast as you can. And it's, it, it, that's what it is. It's so psychological. I mean, you, you said it, Steve. Like, these guys come out certain nights and they just don't have it and you can tell the urgency's not there and they're just floating through and they're just hoping things will happen or hoping things will come to them without making it happen and only when they're jolted back into reality that it takes more than that do they respond but they always do respond right and that's so like it it's incredible how no matter how much you tell yourself that's right I'm ready to play you can bang your head into a locker whatever you want to do you have to feel a certain way deep down inside that you can't talk yourself into and that's what makes it even all the more amazing. Like, even after they won the first Stanley Cup, like, it's so natural to lay off after that, especially with how long the season is. And it, you can't just flip a switch. And they, they did it, though. They, they won the second Cup. There's a reason only three teams have won three or more. And even that, I mean, uh, you know, at some point this will all end. I hope it's not this series or even this season. But at some point they're not, you know, they're going to win, you know, 15 Stanley Cups in a row. But, yeah, like – they almost need to feel this way to get 100% out of what you feel like they're capable of producing. Yeah, well, and, we'll, you know, this is what we're going to find out is, you know, this team, I don't want to say underperformed this season because they still, what, 110 points, whatever it was in the season. It felt like they did, but, yeah, it was like the third best season in team history yeah, or second 50, best team. 51 <laughs> yeah. wins, uh, you know. I mean, they had a good season. Maybe you expected them to be a little bit better in the regular season. That's fair. But, you know, you could see at points of the season, it was a grind. And it was, they struggled at certain points of the season to, to find their game consistently. You know, now you're at playoff time. Toronto was geeked. That place was jumping. They wanted to exercise some demons. They wanted to get off to a good start. They came out flying. The Lightning wasn't able to match that intensity. They weren't able to, to match that effort. Now we've got to see what they have for game two, and if, if, if they have another level than what they showed in game one. Yeah, and, and like you said, the past two seasons when they won a Stanley Cup, both in the bubble and in the regular format last year, they have won. They were 13-0, and basically. They, the official stat is 14-0 and because those play-in games they had in the bubble were technically playoff games too, but an actual live series, best of seven playoff games, Lightning have now won 13 in a row after losing the prior game. 
So that's another streak that will not go on forever. We hope it goes on and turns to 14-0 on Wednesday night, but the Lightning have always been really good about that. It's just their personality, for better or worse. But they've always seemed to figure it out. I mean, it, and this is, I mean, I'm not just saying this because of game one. I feel like this, if you look back at the last eight playoffs, like let's go back to both Stanley Cup runs. And, mm-hmm. of course, the Lightning didn't made it feel, you know, I guess the Islanders series went seven games, but they, they made it feel like it wasn't that hard. This feels like their toughest test of any of the last nine series, the eight that they previously won to win two Stanley Cups in a row, and now this one. And I don't know if that's recency bias, like you said, just because of what happened last night. But I think I would have said that even two days ago, too, Steve. Well, this is by far the best Toronto team we've seen in yeah. a generation. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about that. The amount of skill they have. You know, I, I don't know if it's the toughest test they've had. I, I think it's different. Like, this is a very different team than the Islanders that took them to seven games last season. Right. It's a very different – Toronto plays differently. Toronto's almost in the Lightning's mold. Yeah, I, I don't have the. I don't think their goaltenders as good, and and their back end may not be quite as good. But they may have more up front than the Lightning, at this point, and and particularly the way Matthews is playing and and Marner's playing in that. So it, it's a different type series. But look, Toronto had the better regular season, and and I think Toronto was the favorite going into the series. I know most of the they experts were nearly picked two the to Lightning. one. Again, if you're into the analytics, they mm-hmm. were nearly like 64%, I think, is what their series odds were yeah. coming in. I mean, if the two teams played like they did throughout the regular season, Toronto was going to win this series. The question is, is did the Lightning have another level like they did last year? You know, they struggled down the stretch going into the playoffs and then turned it on against Florida and then Carolina. And, you know, can the Lightning, do the Lightning have another level this season or is this what they have based on, you know, skill and how tired they are, whether it's mental or physical from, you know, the last two playoff runs to everything going on and, and maybe health too. Is there some health issues, you know, that we don't know about with some players? We know Braden points missed a few games down the stretch. Does he look yeah, like the Braden really point? Quiet. Does he look he like the Braden quiet. point, you know? No, I was going to bring that up. And he actually, he actually didn't, I mean, he was in the forties for his expected goal. So he was a negative, which most lightning players were, but he wasn't that bad either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's been real quiet. And like I said, your best players need to be your best players. Mm-hmm. And obviously Stamkos has been lighting it up. Kucherov has been light. I'm talking about going back into the regular season. Mm-hmm. Kucherov, Hedman, you know, they've all been getting theirs. And yeah, even through that big offensive outburst where they scored, you know, was it 22, 23 goals in three games there mm-hmm. toward the end? You know, yeah, point hasn't been a part of much right. of it. So, yeah, you don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking him, by the way. I, you know, he could spring forward at any point and, yeah. and make his presence known. But, yeah, he's been pretty quiet. Well, you wonder, and, and knowing that he, you know, missed a couple games down the stretch and they held him out for precautionary and body maintenance, whatever you want to call it, but is there something that's nagging him that's not allowing him to play at that level? Now, he's also not playing with Kucherov right now, and that impacts, you know, sure. how effective he can be too. Not that he's not skilled enough, but those two together – take the skill to another level and, and you know, separating them does that but but you know you kind of wonder is there something going on with Braden injury wise knowing that he sat out games knowing that he's taken some time off practices um you know and and then just what the eye test tells you and you know, that's not the same Braden point I know right so you know these are things that we won't know we can't know right now but you know, if they can get him going and, you know, all of a sudden that's another piece of the puzzle that they haven't even been able to really use lately, even while they were scoring a lot of goals, you know, it would be all the better. So 
We'll see how it all goes on uh, Wednesday night, tomorrow night. But as of right now, the Lightning, you know, we're, we're here doing this show because that's what we do. We're Lightning Rewind. But I hope the Lightning have already forgotten about last night. I hope it took them 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, knowing John Cooper, knowing how not just how good of a coach he is with the X's and O's stuff, but motivationally and how good he is at getting things mm-hmm. out of his team when he needs to, you know, I would, I would expect nothing less. Uh, for Wednesday night as far as the effort goes. So. Well, they're scheduled to practice today at 1 o'clock, so as okay, we take this uh, about three, a little under three and a half hours from now, they better have yep. it out of their system by then. Yeah, and that's, you know, any, and that goes for, honestly, that goes for Toronto, too. I mean, that goes win or lose in these playoff series. I mean, you can't take it home with you. you got to get ready for the next one no matter what. So we'll have one more segment on the other side. want to go through a few numbers. We'll bring back numbers corner and all that. want to talk a little bit about the penalty situation, not just in the Lightning Leafs game, but also – in the playoffs in general, and we saw last night an abundance of them across the four games. Three of the four games were not close ones. Only the Kings defeating the Oilers was a one-goal game. So we'll talk about all that, set the tone, coming up for Wednesday night and more. Again, if you want to get an email in or get your thoughts on the show, bobbygameday at yahoo.com on Twitter, at bobbygameday is the handle. Along with Steve Versnick, we'll be right back. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play. Bobby Fenton along with Steve Versnick as we are recapping not a great night last night in Game 1 as the Leafs beat the Lightning 5-0. Game 2 will be same time and place tomorrow, Wednesday evening, 7.30 in Toronto as the Lightning will try and even the series at 1-1 before coming back to Tampa for a Friday night game. And looking at the numbers on the power plays and just special teams in general, and we talked in the first segment about how you know over half of the first period was played at not even strength, so it kind of had choppy flow to it. But the overall numbers for the game, the Lightning, of course, 0 for 5 on the power play. Toronto only 1 for 6. So there's 11 total penalties. Now, the old saw, if you will, is, okay, well, it's the playoffs. Things are going to tighten up, number one. Number two, they're going to call fewer penalties. Special teams aren't going to play a role. We're going to let them decide it on the ice and whatever other cliche you want to use. And then the stat last night that the league put out earlier this week was that, well, actually, love when the league well actually is things. Well, actually, there are 6% more uh, penalties called during the playoffs than there are during the regular season, which 6% is not significant. It's only significant in that it's not less. So if you look at last night's game, there were 11 special teams opportunities, and some of these overlap, but there were you know five power plays for the Lightning, six for Toronto. In the St. Louis-Minnesota game, there were 12. Both teams had six power plays each. In L.A. and Edmonton, there were eight. And even in Boston-Carolina, there were six. So that is 37, if my quick math is correct, across four games, which and if you look at the scores to the games, they were high scoring. I almost wish, Steve, that the, the old adages were true here because the Lightning could maybe use more of a grinded-out type of series. Uh, they're not Like you said, the Islanders, when they played them last year, you know that was a team that was just going to try and take the air out of the football, but eventually the Lightning could outscore, and they did. But these Toronto boys, like maybe we could stand to slow things down a little bit. Maybe we do need some old-school playoff hockey. Well, you definitely need less penalty kill time. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, granted, although if you want to look at maybe some positives for the Lightning last night, the only power play that Toronto scored on was a five on three. Five on four, they weren't able to score. 
They had some chances. But the Lightning were able to to not allow them the five on four. Five on threes, when you get that long of a time, teams should score. You know, I mean, yeah, and you know, I, I don't really fault the penalty kill for you know giving up a five on three goal when you've got what it was over a minute. I think they had on that power play or the five on three. Yeah, they scored relatively quickly on yeah. the five on three once they got it. But yeah, they had already been on the power play before that, and they killed off the rest after. And even if you count the five on three, one of six, if you extrapolate that, that is a pretty good penalty kill. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, no problem there. Yeah, I mean, and as John Cooper said, look, you know, we had five power plays. You're not going to score on all of them. If you would have scored on one, that's a good night in the playoffs. One of five. 20%. Right. No, the Lightning didn't. And, and you know, Toronto, on their five-on-fours, didn't score. You know, it was just the five-on-three that they did. So, you know, that that was a positive. But taking less penalties and, and getting more into, like I said, the game had no flow to it, five-on-five, because of how many penalties and power play situations there were for both teams. And it was just – it was a weird playoff game in that regard. We were talking a little bit before the show about these numbers and looking at the penalties and how it does seem, even if you think to yourself, oh, they must call it tighter in the playoffs, or less tight in the playoffs, I should say. In actual reality here, they call the same amount roughly, but you were saying that that's still less when you think about the way these games are played. Well, the games in the playoffs are more physical. So... There's more interference. There's more roughing. There's more all, all those type of penalties. They just don't call as many. Yeah. You know, because in the regular season, you're not, you're not, it's just not as physical. It's just, you know, first of all, for 82 games, you can't be that way, the way a traditional playoff series goes. Right. It's just physically, it would be hard. But mentally, you're just, you know, you're trying hard, but you're not, you know, it, we all know it, the playoffs go to another level. You know, okay, now there's 16 teams left, and it's 16 wins to try to get this, and we're going to do everything we can. You know, it's that the, the you know as you talked about, work as hard as you can. Okay, now work harder, and you do. Yeah. You know, so they do call more p- penalties in the playoffs, as the stats show, but I think they let more go too because there. I think there's more penalties being committed on the ice. And they're not going right. to call every one. So it, even though the number, the total number is the same, if you go by, by rate, you, you still think they call it a little bit less than the way they would in the regular season. Now, I, do you I, like that? What do you think? I, I, look, I don't want officials to decide this. You know, I want a penalty to be called a penalty. If it's questionable, I'm okay letting it go. You know, but if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I mean, the one things that they do call in the playoffs – that doesn't change is tripping and high sticking and those, you know, the things that you can't not call, you know, interference is sometimes a judgment call, you know, did you really interfere? Did you not, you know, okay. You kind of stepped in front of him, but was it enough to impede his progress towards the puck? You know, those are, those can be questionable calls at times. I think sometimes they miss blatant ones, but you know, so it's, it's just kind of the nature. And when, when there's that much physicality in a series, how do you call everything? Yeah, no. I mean, You're not going to have anybody yeah, left on the, the ice. It's like holding in football. You know, you got to make the referee call because you know he won't call five holding penalties in a row. He's going to stop at some point. Yeah, the ones I wish they would call more in the playoffs is the post-whistle stuff, which there wasn't a ton of that in the game last night until it got out of hand. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think too often officials in games, when the post-whistle stuff happens for no reason, they don't 
they don't grab control of the game enough. In my in my opinion, I think those are the times that you go start sending people off and give power plays, and you can stop that. Now there wasn't a problem with that in the Lightning Maple Leafs game last night. You know, no, no, yeah, that, I mean that. <laughs> but sometimes you'll see that in series where every every whistle there's a scrum, and it's like, come on, that gets annoying. It's funny too, because like my my son is ten, my daughter is seven. My son kind of gets it, and I've watched hockey with him and explained some stuff. But my daughter is seven and the other this wasn't the game last night but one of the games the other day there was a fight or something or after the whistle and she's like uh, totally genuinely she's like daddy like how come they're doing that aren't we told to walk away instead of fighting like that's what they're learning right now she's in first grade or um yeah first grade and she's like are they allowed to do that and i'm like well no no they get a five minute penalty and she's like no but i mean aren't they out of the game if they fight like we're definitely not supposed to do that you're supposed to walk away And I was like, no, no, actually, it's just five minutes, and they're fine. Everything, nobody cares. They go right back into the game. And my wife does, and my wife likes hockey. She does not like the fighting. She doesn't think they should be allowed to fight, like, period. And she's looking at me like, yeah, yeah, how do you explain that, Dad? And I'm like, I don't know. They just, you know. they <laughs> And, like, Ruta last night, which luckily she was in bed after that part, but he's just got blood gushing from his forehead. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, five minutes, it's cool, just whatever, you know, no big deal. And they, they even it up. I think, actually, Toronto had a power play after that whole thing. But yeah, it's it's hard to explain that to kids because you, you tell them not to do that stuff in real life. But here, here's my thing with the way they call games in the playoffs. And I'm not talking about Lightning Maple Leafs now. I'm talking about the league in general. You know, and I'm all for, yeah, it's tougher in the playoffs. It's supposed to be tougher, all, all that stuff. You know, this isn't the regular season anymore. You better you know buckle your chin strap now. That, all that stuff's fine. But... You know, the league needs to always be showcasing itself. The league needs to be putting out a product people want to watch. And, like, there was a game earlier this, not too long ago, a few weeks ago in the regular season, and it's the same two teams that are meeting right now in the playoffs. It was between Minnesota and St. Louis, and they played some wild game where it was, like, 5-5, and then somebody won in overtime. But I remember there was, like, a mini controversy on Twitter for some of the people I follow on, some of the hockey people I follow on Twitter. And, like, when that game ended, it was this exhilarating, like, awesome hockey game that, like, left you feeling, like, energized having watched it. And within 20 seconds, there's always these people in the corner, oh, well, they better not play that way in the playoffs because that's not how it works in the playoffs and blah, 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 blah. And, like, it, as a league, if you put out one of the most exciting games of the year and within 10 seconds there's a bunch of people talking about how, oh, it can't be that way in the playoffs, that's a problem. Like, there, there shouldn't be a reason why a game can't be like that during the playoffs. So... I don't want to say like, oh, yeah, you, that was fine. That 5-4 awesome overtime game was fine for the regular season, but you better get ready for 2-1 to one in the play. You know, No, like, you, you do need to keep things as consistent as you can, and, and you do need to encourage, you know, I'm not saying discourage physical play, but you need to encourage your skill players and your playmakers to be able to go out and do their thing. Because, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be having something like that happen, and the first thing out of people's mouths is, oh, it can't be that way when the most people are watching. No, well, I mean, look at the Lightning Panthers first game last year. Yeah, that was great. That was incredible. I mean, that, yeah. that was, you know, everyone going, if you've never watched a hockey game before, this is the game you got to watch. It wasn't necessarily the best hockey. You know, it, it was it was, you know, it was just, that was just a wild and crazy game. And and you know, it obviously didn't continue on through the playoffs that way. You know, every game's not going to be that way, but it, it, you know, scoring's been up in the league this year, significantly. Yes. And the question is, will it continue in the playoffs? So what? Toronto put five up last night. It was four three for LA. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the score. Carolina sure. had a couple empty netters, I think. So that was more like a 3-1 or 4-1 game. Um, there were 22 goals across four games last night, if you count them all up. So five and that goals was with two game. shutouts. So I mean, that's actually a lot because with two teams being shut out, yeah. you still had 22 goals across four games. That's that's six teams scoring 22 goals. So that's almost four goals a game for the rest of them. And yeah, like you said, maybe a couple of empty netters. But yeah, there was a lot of action. There wasn't any close games besides the Kings Oilers game. You got Mike Smith behind the net just ripping passes up the middle. <laughs> with the, he's not even in his own net. Which hey, it's it's entertaining, you know. But uh, yeah, there was there was action. There's no question about it. So I'll be curious to see how, as the with the rest of the series gets started tonight, and then through this first round, if the scoring continues to be elevated in this playoffs, as it's been all regular season, um, you know, and whether it's goaltending, whether it's just the skill of the players, you know, some think it was because there was more power plays called. There really weren't, although I think power play percentages were better. Which you know, you could is it the goaltending, is it the defense, or was it the skill on the offense? I mean, you're seeing a lot of young, skilled players come up now. Um, you know, in, the, in these, you know, these kids now, have had skills coaches since they were 12 years old. You know, yeah. the amount of offensive skill that some of these kids, the Trevor Zegerses and others, come up with, is is incredible in the league now, and it's exciting to know that, you know, maybe scoring will continue to be up in the league, which you know, ultimately goals, you know, much like home runs in baseball, are what people come for. Yeah, and not just goals, but scoring chances. You want mm-hmm. scoring chances sure. to be up, and if, you know that it's almost the equivalent you just said about how kids have all these skill coaches now, and it's different now. It's the hockey equivalent of seven on seven in football because I remember like growing up, and we didn't have all the seven on seven stuff, and now there's all these seven on seven tournaments, and high school football players play their football season in the fall, but they play tournaments in the spring and summer and there's all these passing camps and things and yeah you see what offense is like in in football now and it's the same in hockey I mean it's just something kids grow up doing more of it's a good thing but yeah it's you know a a different brand and it's a good good thing that they need to keep going and that's why you know I don't want to see them you know letting all the clutching and grabbing go and things like you said some things are black and white some things are subjective but you know open space fast motion that's what is catching to the eye, and the goals come along with that, but it's not just strictly about the goals. So, you know, we'll see how the whole playoffs unfolds. It's only a small sample so far in our series, just one game and just four games total. Four more games tonight as the other four series get going. And I like how ESPN had all four of the – I know we had Valley Sports here for the Lightning game, but they had all four game ones televised nationally. That's pretty cool, and they'll be doing the same thing tonight. So it's a hockey extravaganza for, you know, if anybody who's a hockey fan already knows this, but the NHL playoffs, they bring it every single year. It's always fun. And uh, we hope to be around for a long time doing our part of it here on lightning power play with lightning playoff rewind. Let's go to numbers corner real quick before the end of the show. Always like to recap just the overall stuff. And yeah, one reason I think I like doing this is because I still remember, you know, the lightning have made the playoffs now a bazillion years in a row. We come to expect it. But I still remember when any of the Tampa teams, whether it was the Lightning or the Bucks, and even before we even had the Rays, like that 1996 playoff, which was one series, but it felt like everything because no Tampa team had been in the playoffs in my lifetime. So I'm never going to take it for granted. Last night was the 184th Lightning playoff game of all time. With the loss, they dropped to 105-79. and 79. Still an outstanding playoff record for the Lightning. This is the 20. 20- 
third playoff series for the Lightning. They are 22-10 and 10 in playoff series all time. And, of course, they have won eight in a row, as we know, winning two straight Stanley Cups. Like we said earlier, the Lightning have won 13 in a row after a loss in the playoffs, in a playoff series, and that is in no small part why they won two straight Stanley Cups. So they'll need to try that again tomorrow night. As far as game ones go, and some of these are historical stats that, you know, don't have anything to do with these players, but 13 in a row after a loss, that's the same group of guys. And uh, also the Lightning 10-8 and as a franchise all-time when losing game one. That spans many, many years, but this particular team has won three straight series after losing game one of the series. So like we said, you know, no matter what you think about last night's effort, no matter what you think about how the Lightning looked down the stretch of this season, and if they are tired or this or that, you know, they always do seem to find a way to respond. And that's something they're going to have to lean on pretty big tomorrow night. I remember a few years ago a series was at Boston. Lightning had lost at home, I think it was 6-3 in the first game. Yeah. And it was the sky is falling. Yeah. And, oh, no, this is, this is going to be, you know, this is, they're going to lose. It's, it's awful. And the Lightning ended up winning four games in a row. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen in Toronto. But one game does not make a series. And particularly for a team as veteran-filled as the Lightning are. They know that and understand that. And I expect a much better effort on Wednesday night. Whether that leads to a victory, a lot of things in the game are going to determine that and, and the ebbs and flows in that. But I expect to see a much better performance from the Lightning as they typically do after a loss. They come out with a renewed purpose and play better. And we're all counting on it, so we will see what happens. You can hear all the action here, of course, on Lightning Power Play with the pregame show, Greg Linelli, the whole crew. Of course, you'll have uh, the game broadcast itself mm-hmm. with Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito and all that good stuff. And uh, I know you guys have a bunch of other things planned, too, Steve. Yeah, Greg and Dave will be on at noon today with uh, Lightning Power Lunch. They do there that every go. day at noon uh, throughout the whole season, so uh, tune in for that. And uh, coverage uh, Wednesday night will begin at 6.30 with the pregame skate show. Eric Erlinson, Bobby the Chief Taylor, 7 o'clock's network pregame show with Greg Linnelli, and, of course, play-by-play with Dave and Phil at 7.30. There we go. And then hopefully on Thursday morning, we're back here, same time, same place, talking about a 1-1 series. In the meantime, take the day. Everybody get your minds right, you know, get your chores done, get what you ever got to do done, and then come back tomorrow night with the same. I, I know even as a fan who doesn't even have to play, I, I pushed or, or laid back a little bit. I was like, ah, yeah, playoffs starting, you know, lightning. Okay, we'll see what happens. Now I've got the urgency as a fan, so hopefully as uh, the players do too. And like I said, we'll be back here on Thursday morning to recap it all no matter what. So, Steve, thank you so much. All of you for listening, thanks so much. We will be back on Thursday morning. In the meantime, we've got plenty coming up, and we'll get ready for Wednesday night. That is Lightning Playoff Rewind, and this has been Lightning Power Play.